Oh, he's going triangle here. Setting up triangle into the armbar. Oh, triangle choke by the Mega Metal. Episode 86 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus Mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm your host, Eli. Welcome to the program. Andrew, do you know what today is? A day is the day. Um, November, th- November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd. Tuesday. Whoa, it's election day. How could I have forgotten? Maybe because we're slightly pre-recording, but the point is, it is election day in the United States. That's right. And if I told you that we were going to be podcasting today on conflict, battle, struggle, <laughs> contention, um, <laughs> um, you know, competing records and... So on, you might oh, have oh thought my. that that's why, but that's not why we're not going to talk about election another second. This, this episode today could come as very good news for you, or you may just not <laughs> want to listen to it at all, depending on what happens. No, you need to listen to it. It is good news. <laughs> that's it right. just is. You should. All right, Andrew, we have witnessed history this last week. It, like. We, I mean, we were so excited about it. The listeners were talking about uh, Habib and his fight this past week. We were Habib. so excited about it anyways. But like, as soon as the match ended, like everything changed. It changed. It got so epic so fast. Oh, and it was amazing. All right. I mean, so we, to- we were going to talk, we were going to talk about it, but we weren't going to do an episode about it. And like circumstances demanded they demanded that we immediately talk our, about this. Our listeners demanded. I mean, if I had a dime for every fervent email saying, I demand. <laughs> so we're talking about UFC, Ultimate Fighting Championship. Is that what it stands for? UFC? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, 254, the fight that uh, occurred two Saturdays ago in Abu Dhabi, uh, UAE, between World... Defending champion, lightweight champion, undefeated Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, the the From pride Dagestan. of Dagestan, also known yep. as the Eagle, against yeah. our very own countryman Justin Gagey, twenty three and two is his record. Yeah, and so not undefeated, but pretty darn good. Also, yeah. in his and he's known as the what was he the highlight? That sounds right. Yeah, he's what good. is what is that? He, He's 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 known for he's had some pretty creative knockouts of folks with some of his jujitsu skills. Okay, well, okay, all right, all right. I yeah. I, <laughs> I just saw it written somewhere. I was like, I, I mean, I would go with the eagle, but um, then again, <laughs> no one asked me. So yeah, I'm not yeah. sure these guys choo- choose those names. Yeah, it was a big fight. Um, you know, obviously Habib's his fight was uh, delayed from earlier this year. Uh, in May because of COVID, but everybody was looking forward to it. Uh, but, and so we're going to talk about the fight itself, but then 
Eli, if, in case our listeners are are not tuned into what happened, in the just give chance. us like give us a thirty second summary of what happened after the fight was over that Habib won. Um. Well, the first thing that happened was probably three minutes of sobbing. Yeah. On the part of Habib, in the middle of the octagon, and we're going to talk about this. Viewers, not. Not uh, something you see every day. There was this man. Incredible sportsmanship between them. And then on, on the canvas there, whatever you call it, tarmac, uh, hubby retired. (laughs) Yeah. Right there. Shocked the sports world. I mean, nobody was expecting that. I was texting with friends and immediately with sad faces. They're like, Oh no. <laughs> but at the same time, it was so awesome. I mean, emojis all over it? the world there were the, changing. No emoji can capture what happened. <laughs> <laughs> we need like lots of them. All right. Well, let's talk about it Yeah, and unpack it. And what, where we're going is like, this was so caucuses. There were so many caucuses moments. And the, you know, again, the world was looking on, People had a lot of different, um, you know, responses, but I think we may not be able to bring unique perspective, but I think we can bring a very informed perspective and a a few insights for our listeners to help uh, kind of unpack that moment. And honestly, I've read, uh, I've been reading a lot of the commentary in the days after the fight. Um, and there's been a lot of good, like input, uh, specifically to his fighting career, but also to, yeah, some of those more. Caucasus moments um, and what it kind of the deeper thing it reflected. Um, yeah. So first of all, like let's talk about uh, Habib's career as a, as a fighter, a wrestler, a grappler um, and kind of what he accomplished. I mean, he's, he's in the conversation. This term, the goat has been floating around much more than it did, you know, even five years ago, whether it's about professional basketball or, uh, soccer, but the greatest of all time, a lot of people are saying is, uh, Habib, the goat, the greatest of all time, pound for pound fighter. And there's a lot of debate about it, but he's definitely okay. in the conversation. I'm sorry. I got it. Goat <laughs> is an acronym. <laughs> capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, greatest of all times. You were in abnormally the stoic that, there while I was I talking. Was, I, my wheels were, t- I'm like, goat, I... I'm totally lost. He's calling Habib the goat. He's the eagle. And, yeah, like these conversations, <laughs> like just for an example right now, <laughs> not not referencing a different Caucasus animal. No, it, um, uh, something different. Like in the in the NBA right now in America, there's lots of people asking, you know, is LeBron James the goat, the greatest the of goat. all time? Is, is he better than Michael Jordan? Of the course, no. in soccer, people are always arguing. Who's better, uh, Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo? Who's the goat? You know, Ronaldo. and so th- this is being discussed right now. Is it Habib? Is it John Jones? Um, who's in a weight class above Habib? Yeah. So, what what are the things that even puts Habib in this conversation as the greatest of all time? Let, let's look at him here. Uh, first of all, his final record as a professional was twenty nine and zero, zero losses. So. This is like a big thing that people say, look, he never lost once. Um, That's big. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
second. But but you can dive into it. Well, go ahead. Yes. So twenty nine and zero. That's a that's a big one. Just they they call it the goose egg. No 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 losses uh, on his record. Second, uh, he didn't just win these matches. Every single fight, he totally dominated. This is true. Um, and it's really interesting. Like Gaith J, for example, they were comparing their um, kind of records before the fight. Gaith J in his twenty four matches before with before Habib. He had 10 knockouts of opponents. So that's why they call him the highlight. Like, you know, uh-huh. whether it was a kick or a hit or whatever, he actually knocked his opponents out there in the ring. Habib in his career only had one knockout before this fight. Wow. Uh, Gaith J, by the way, was, was his second. Um, but Habib had 10 submission victories where basically using technical wrestling skills made the person tap out because they were in so much pain. Right. Or about to like you know lose consciousness or whatever. So um, that that is the sign of a dominant fighter. Like it wasn't like with just one blow. Like he he got him to the point where they were like asking the ref to finish the match. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and you so know these are I tough guys like, who've this taken is a hits. Big part- I mean, the fact that they tap out at all to me is like they have everything on the line, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna get messed up if i keep going i mean that's just it's pretty crazy to yeah. be submitted like yeah that. yeah yeah um and so like that's one thing that's really unique about habib's style and how he won was mm-hmm. he just totally dominated guys and a lot of it was because he was much better a wrestler than everyone else and so once he got a guy on the ground i mean he would just wear him down until it was over uh, we really impressive what he did will. to the baby bear yeah <laughs> good reference <laughs> um okay another thing i read this 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 past week i didn't realize this but habib in all 29 of his matches he never was bleeding or got cut one time uh and like i had i didn't realize that but i mean often and what this guy was saying in his article was you know even the greatest fighters they have a couple matches where they get pushed to the limit and they still like find a way to win. But this guy was saying like nobody inflicted damage on Habib. You know, maybe some people landed some punches and yes, that's true. But like he never bled one time. I mean, that, that is crazy when the actual purpose of the sport is to make people bloody. You know, I think he actually got cut, but he just like sucked his blood in with his <laughs> willpower. Just like back. Nope. It was moving to the surface, and then he willed it back to, to where it, it came from. Down. <laughs> so that means all the blood on the on the mat is someone else's when you're Habib, and there's blood on that mat. Yeah. So he, in his 29 professional fights, uh, here's another one, he fought a total of 60 rounds. So that's about an average of two rounds uh, per fight, which means most of the fights ended in the second round on average. Um, it's good math. <laughs> he lost. Yes. Uh, that even too, is like a sign of domination. Like M- McGregor took him to the fourth round. I don't think anybody ever took, went that far with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, he lost only two of those rounds ever, but from the kind of with the point total from the judges, one to was to Conor McGregor, which there's lots of debate online. Did he actually lose that round? Uh-huh. And then, uh, I didn't realize this, but the judges actually scored the first round with Gaith J to Gaith J. Um, 
oh well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know. Okay, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. It, some and there are there are <coughs> matches that you know people win on points, and that's what that's for, I guess. Right, uh, and then you know soon after Habib finished it, but like again, yeah. that's incredible. That only twice ever did he he lose a round on points. Well, that brings us to this next point, which I think is pretty insane. So the, it turns out that Habib had two broken toes going into this fight, yeah. possibly a broken bone in the in a foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and leading up to the match, he had he had gotten mumps. <laughs> in this so, year of coronavirus, Habib got the mumps of all the, the things you could get, and you got mumps. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's like, and we didn't hear a word about it, right? I mean, he didn't no, no. say anything. He wasn't no, like. The, the president of the USC is the one who like made this public after the fight. So this is where you see, I think, and I mean, I don't know enough about any of the other fighters, but like you really see that toughness, you know, that drive and determination in kind of details like this. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. And. You, could complain about it. You could make an excuse. You could whatever. And it's like not a word and then dominion. That's right. And like, and with a lot of the greatest golfers of all time, or I'm sorry, I said golfer because I'm going to reference Tiger Woods here, but uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot of the, how Good. did we get into golf? Yeah. But a lot of the great athletes of all time, many of them have a moment where they, pushed through extreme pain or sickness uh, to win a match or to accomplish something great that goes down in history as legendary. So a couple of examples. This That's was like our episode moment. seven, Andrew. <laughs> no, I didn't. I episode mean, you, seven. Like, that was goes, epic. Epic. No, I mean, your throat was hurting. Your voice was, you know, the eyes were watering. <laughs> like I was there. That, you know, you really pushed through for something Epic. All right. So uh, that will go down in the history books. Of but just second to episode seven, you were saying about Tiger Woods. <laughs> so a couple examples. Uh, Tiger Woods, I want to say it was the 2008 U.S. Open, but he had a, uh, a playoff, which all the other tournaments in the world, it's either sudden death, like the first person to win on extra holes, or you play a three or four hole playoff. The U.S. Open. If you're tied at the end of the tournament, you play another round, 18 holes, a full day of oh, golf. Oh, brother. I don't and even like Tiger, an 18-round to begin with. Tiger Woods had actually essentially broken his leg. What? Uh, yeah, and he he played the the entire playoff on a broken leg and beat this guy, Rocco Mediate. So um, if the, and, and anyone ever says that golf is a sport for, for wimps, <laughs> yeah, now we know. Yeah, so How like did he break this his, is did he break his like from golf or did he like I, I really slip forget. In the shower? I, for, I forget what happened. Um, but like that that was kind of his moment. Everybody's just like this guy is just his prowess is unreal. And then of course, <laughs> you know, this past year, really right at the start of quarantine, uh, Netflix and ESPN released this ten episode documentary about Michael Amazing. Jordan's last season yeah. uh, called The Last Dance. Did you watch it, Eli? I'll tell you what, I am like 70% of the way through it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. 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 One of the one of the greatest, maybe the greatest birthday presents my wife ever gave me, she gifted me that she would watch it with me. <laughs> uh, 
I will sit there with my arms crossed in silence while you if watch If I it, wasn't darling. convinced of my wife's love for me, <laughs> at that moment, I knew. Some listeners are like, yes, that's amazing. Other listeners are like, she must be really bad at giving gifts if that's the best <laughs> one you've ever got. <laughs> oh, anyways, um, but Commitment, one of the things... One of the things that highlighted uh, was in the 1997 um, NBA Finals, the Chicago Bulls were playing the Utah Jazz, and then uh, Michael Jordan got, they call it the flu game. They, all the commentators said he had yeah. the flu, which doesn't make sense now because game four and game six, he was totally fine. And what was interesting in the in the actual show, Jordan says they had pizza delivered to them in Utah the night before the game. Oh, that's and that right. He, he got food poisoning. That's what it was. So there's lots of debate, you know, is that really what happened? But yeah, it was basically a 24-hour stomach bug. Well, that's and why I don't eat pizza in Utah, personally. Jordan, basically, he was so weak and tired in that game. And he started really slow, but he got better as the game went on. Just no energy, and he ended up scoring uh, 38 points and hitting like the iconic game winner against uh, Byron Russell in the lane with like you know wh- whatever it might have been like three seconds left or something I don't remember. And that's where uh, I mean for him it was like like he would they're talking about he would like flip the switch he would just like turn it on he would get yes. angry or whatever he had to do and he would just overcome anything in his way. I mean that's kind of. Undivided focus. Yeah. About yeah. which I know very um, little. <laughs> we could all use a little more undivided focus these uh, days. Jordanian focus is what I would like. Yeah. Yeah. But like that was Jordan's kind of, you know, epic moment of pushing through pain, pain and achieving, achieving something great. And that's what's, ama- what's amazing about Habib was nobody knew. You watched the match, you had no idea he had a broken foot or had just come through mumps. I mean, he looked as dominant as ever, you know? He sure did. And was. Yeah, yeah. so. That's pretty amazing. So, man, just from the perspective of sport, I mean, you just have to sit back in awe and, like, appreciate how great Habib was at his trade. I mean, well done. I mean, the only yeah. the only thing it left lacking was – you know, we were looking forward to like five good rounds between two incredible fighters. Right. And ended it so soon. Well, and so this is what's interesting, Eli. Uh, one of the kind of commentaries I read, he made a really good point. He said, usually Habib's strategy was kind of wear him down, ground yeah. him, pound him. And then eventually the guy's just so out of energy that he could submit him. But he, yeah. he said, uh, this was very unlike Habib, how he did this match. And he said he thinks he he did it this way. He basically he played Gaethje's game in the first round. He went right. punch for punch, kick for kick, yes. which were Gaethje's strength. But then he took him down to the ground, and he immediately went to finish the match. Um, and uh, this guy said he thinks Habib did that. He wanted to like end his career on an exclamation point, showing like domination. Well, he did. Yeah, so of course, like, you know, this is commentary. We don't know if that's why Habib did it. Um, it's fun to speculate. Yeah, he, that's right, that's right. We'll so, get down to the bottom of it when we have him on the show, Andrew. We'll just hey, we'll just put it to him point blank. Like, all right. I am not giving up on this. 
Dude, we barely even started. We're not ugh, giving up. Of course not. <laughs> Mr. H- Mr. Habib Nurmagomedov, if you're listening, since you're probably listening, we want <laughs> to formally invite you to please come onto the show. No, really. I seriously, it's going to happen. Love it. Love it. So the the fight was great. You know, his career was amazing, but really those five minutes after the fight, so much happened. Let's really dive into that. But wow, what a performance by the number one pound for pound for pound fighter in the world. Habib Nurmagomedov. And Habib Nurmagomedov is immediately resorted to tears. And you can be sure bottling up a lot of those emotions here during this fight week without his late father, Abdulmanat Nurmagomedov. And now that the mission is accomplished and the task is done, he can exhale and an amazing display from Gaethje coming in. Uh, what a phenomenal performance by the champ. And honestly, this guy's the number one powerful pound fighter in the world, unquestioned after dominating the interim champion like that, especially after Justin looked as he did against Tony Ferguson. You will not get an argument from me. This is one of the most exceptional professional athletes and human beings that there is out there. The world is in awe of your greatness once again. I will give you as much time to gather your emotions, but I see your cornerman taking the gloves off. Your thoughts on an epic championship performance tonight. Congratulations. Alhamdulillah. God give me everything. Today, I want to say, this, it was my last fight. And no way I'm going to come here without my father. It was first time when, after what happened with my father, when UFC called me about Justin, I talked with my father, my mother, three days. She don't know I go fight without father, but I promise her it's going to be my last fight. And if I give my word, I have to follow this. All around the world, people, I think, were just sitting in shocked silence, taking it all in, you know? There were a couple of things that really stood out to me. Um, let's break down some of these things that we see in the moments after the fight. Um, so, uh, like always, like, first of all, what happened chronologically? Uh, as soon as the fight was in, a, in it, he, he, the ter- technical term, he choked him out, but like he knocked him unconscious. He had him in chokehold. Um, usually the yeah. fighter will go celebrate, right? With his team or to the crowd or whatever. Habib immediately told his team, don't come running in. And he dropped to the floor on his knees and just started crying. Right in the middle of the floor. And like, yeah, like no one knew what to do. I mean, he was... <laughs> People were just standing there watching him. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think everybody's thoughts, of course, immediately went to um, the fact that his father, yeah, passed away. I think it was in June um, from complications after COVID. And so, first yeah. of all, we want to, I'm not sure if we touched on that yet, but just, of mm-hmm. course, our deepest consol- condolences to Habib's family. And yeah, um, I mean, his father, Abdul Manap Nurmagomedov, he really was a great man who left a great legacy there in Dagestan. We are going to touch on that. Um, but he was his, his father, his coach, his trainer, um, and they were always there together. That was mm-hmm. his, his first match without him there ringside. And so everybody's thoughts, I think, immediately went to that moment. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, as a Westerner, 
on the one hand, maybe you wouldn't be surprised watching because, of course, like, yeah, he had a close relationship with his father. Um, that moment in and of itself might not necessarily be abnormal. But as a man from the North Caucasus, that was that show of emotion was extremely abnormal. It was shocking. Right. I mean, it was, and, and that made me, that made it all the more poignant was like, he couldn't hold it back and he couldn't stop when they finally stood up to raise his hand as like, you know, who officially the official call, you know, who won the match. Like, he, <laughs> like he kept wiping his eyes and wiping his, like covering his face. Like he couldn't even give the ref his hand to, to lift it. I mean, another thing that happened right after that, as he was on the floor is Gagey came over to him and like bent down and put his hand yeah. on his shoulder. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just, it was really touching. It was, it was very much, about the people, you know, um, yeah, it was like very personal rather than yeah. just kind of about the hype. And and it was like that leading up to the fight. They both were like, there was essentially no trash talk. They were both very um, kind of praising of the other's qualities and just saying like, let's decide this, decide this in the ring, you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah, like it's real interesting. Um, so I think, this show of emotions, uh, we've talked about this a little, but in general, in the Caucasus, men are very stoic uh, in public. Um, and, you know, I think even, I was thinking about it, is it normal around the world for a father to have a close relationship with his son? Wow. I think, honestly, probably not, you know? And we're not talking about just the Caucasus. I'm talking about all over the world. Um, Obviously, that's a big question, but it's a big spectrum. There's lots of people yeah. who did have good relationship with their dads and a lot of people who don't. Sure. Um, but uh, you really saw here what a unusually close relationship I think Habib had with his father. Um, and like it was just a moment I think everybody could appreciate, you know, no matter where you're from. Sure. Well, and like the moment you touched on about Gaethje coming over after the match, um, that was a moment of deep respect between two individuals. <clears throat> and I think that, that quality respect that often is the kind of characteristic you see in the father son relationship in the North Caucasus. It's very much built on respect. Interesting. Um, that in general, the younger, younger people here, they're taught from a very old, older age. You respect your elders. Um, you know, sons respect their fathers, but we you know, really saw in yeah. that moment there was more than just respect between Habib and his father. You know? Oh sure. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing a video of him like, "Yeah, my dad can still beat me," and they wrestled. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, and he didn't. He wasn't smirking. It was like, no, he's he's a. It's like, well, of course could beat his dad but like he never would have done that you know it's right. that kind of that kind of thing that that you see well that was his main message i mean when he when he retired you know it was in reference to his to his mother yeah that was that was so interesting i mean so first he they, you know they interview him and he gives this really he's very well spoken um uh kind of just I don't know, a speech um, about, uh, you know, the fight and how 
worthy his opponent is and all this and and that he made a promise to his mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. So that who asked him not to fight, yeah. Gosh. I mean, great transition like for our third one. I'm going to read his quote because it was concise but packed so much meaning. He said, "I talked to my mother 3 days ago. She didn't want me to fight without father, but I or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase that. The, the quote I have here added in a word. I talked to my mother for three days about, and specifically he meant about whether or not I should do this fight. She didn't want me to go fight without father, but I promised her it's going to be my last fight. And if I give my word, I have to follow this. It was my last fight. Yeah, he said, you won't see me, you won't see me here again. <laughs> yeah. So that was fascinating because, yeah, his father was always the one there with him. Uh, all the questions were about his father. And then like he made this brief reference to his mom, but like clearly so much meaning packed in there. So much to kind of speculate about, but like one thing is clear is well, he, and he said it again, like stay close to your parents, you know? Um, and I didn't even follow everything exactly. He said to, Gagey at that point, but he, he turned to him and he's like, he kind of gave him this admonition. Like, you never know what's going to happen. I think that was in reference to his dad dying. Like, that's right. Um, and so that was again, that personal kind of like passing on in a sense of, I don't know, advice. Yeah. Yeah. He said, be close to your parents was what he said in English. Um, and, uh, yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Well, his nemesis everybody's always going to associate with him with Conor McGregor, right? <laughs> you know, they had this like crazy fight in 2018, but, uh, McGregor in the last five years has quote unquote retired three different times. <laughs> that that's funny you say that. Cause I was about to say, I don't think there's a question in anyone's mind. If Habib is, is sincere about this. I mean, he threw, he put his gloves on the mat and you have, you know, you just, you know with him that what he says is what you get. And listen to the way he's talking about this. He's like, my word, I give him my word. And he's gave us all his word. Like, that's it. There's no yeah. question. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's big here in the Caucasus. You hear often people say that, uh, if I give my word, I have to fulfill it. Yeah, strong, that strong emphasis on, on their honor being tied up in uh, what they say, what they commit to. Yeah, so that was that was neat. And then he kind of transitioned to another point there, really specifically kind of honor for his parents. Um, he uh, always was listening to the advice of his father, and then here he referenced giving his word to his mother, and that was kind of his parting, the words he said was, be close to your parents. And yeah. he, you know, at one point he transitioned into Russian to speak to all the Russian uh, watchers out there, mm-hmm. viewers. Mm-hmm. And I translated it, but uh, I'll just read part of what he said. He said, I'm just a normal kid from a mountain village in Dagestan. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> my cousin recently told me I'm the most searched for person on the planet in Google. It's hard for me to even fathom this. My father and I just wanted to do this together to become the champion. Stay close to your parents. I have one parent left and want to spend more time with her. And that was yep. it. Yeah. So. Boy, I mean, that's, it's just the kind of thing you don't expect in the moment after such a great 
personal achievement mm-hmm. that all of the focus is on one's parents, you know? I'll say. Yeah. I think there's a lot for us to learn in our Western society where, you know, the the parent relationship is so diminished, parent-child relationship, you know. Um, you know, once you're an adult, it's all kind of officially, it's like all bets are off. You know, you guys are equals. You have your kind of relationship. But to just right. hear, hear a grown man, world champion, be like totally respecting his parents all the way to the end is very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just thinking about what he left on the table. I mean, he he probably had four to five years of being at his peak left. Um, there were like, they were, there were so many rumors of who else he could fight from different weight classes. And, um, mm-hmm. he left at the peak of his career. Like he left so much on the table, but showed like what was more important to him. You know, not everyone agrees with that. Some, I, you know, I think some people would say you go all the way to the end, right. You know, out of your commitment. And even if you're declining toward the end, what do you think? Uh, specifically in an athletic context? Yes. Huh. Well, it's, I think it's really rare that somebody leaves when they're on top, when they still have, you know, potentially five years left to give. You're right. Usually people do go to the end and, you know, their career peaks like a bell curve or something. And then it kind of, it, you know, they go past their peak and might still have some moments of greatness, but their production falls. And sure. um, But that was why Jordan's retirement was such a shock in the nineties. Cause like everybody knew he had lots of good years left. Right. Um, Yeah. But I think for Habib, it was obviously, obviously had everything to do with family, you know? And you kind of get the sense of what he said himself, but that maybe all of it from the beginning was more about that, you know, than him being somebody, you know, him being, being a star. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think we've talked a lot about Habib, but all of this showed like, even if all the focus wasn't on his dad, like what a huge influence his father had on him. Um, and yeah, I think really in the last probably two years, there began to be more like media pieces about his father, um, you know, how he raised him, trained him, and then really kind of the legacy his father left there in Dagestan for yeah. future generations of, of Dagestani boys and youth and wrestlers. Um, so I found a, a Filipino proverb, um, which might sound a little random, but it really... <laughs> It really wraps this, sums this up well. Um, it says, tell me who your father is and I'll tell you who you are. Um, and of course we know like, you know, sometimes the apple does fall, fall, fall far from the tree. It doesn't always turn out that way. But like everything you're seeing in Habib is, was because of his father, you know? And obviously now we know his mother, you know, sometimes you know, sight unseen, we might've thought more about his father than his mother, but you saw in that tiny statement how much his mother meant to him too. But I mean, he, he really, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, well, that's that's one thing that's cool to me about it is he casts such huge honor on his mother, you know, not going on and on about how great she is or who knows, you know, giving her nice stuff or whatever, but like honoring her with his actions. That's right. You know, that's pretty awesome. So for our Filipino listeners, uh, consider that your first shout out. <laughs> and if that is truly a Filipino proverb, please write us at podcast at caucustalk.com <laughs> and let us know <laughs> how that's affected uh, your life. All right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Habib's father, Abdul Manap, Manap uh, Norma Gambedov, um, he really was a key player in kind of building an infrastructure for uh, wrestlers in Dagestan to really get more on the world stage. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, we talked about this in episode 29 and 30, how like dating back to like the mid 20th century, even you see that wrestlers were coming out of the Caucasus and Dagestan and like competing, like winning medals at the Olympics on the international stage. Um, but really since, you know, the Soviet union, that, that was always a representative Soviet union since it's become more Russia. They've been able to s- represent specifically Dagestan better. Um, and, uh, his father really, he's built training centers there. Um, he's been a part of training a lot today's generation of successful fighters. Um, and I mean, if you look past the athletic achievements, which are in and of themselves just incredible, he he's really like helped probably change the the arc of a lot of kind of direction of kind of families and generations of families because wow. of helping to give success to these. It's not to the individual because it helps the whole family, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. partly because of I mean that's because of how the families hang together and are you know how they're united and connected so closely in that culture. It'll be interesting when we finally get back to Dagestan after this COVID business um, to see what changes, you know, now that he's retired, are they going to name things after him? Are they going to, you know, start putting monuments and statues up? I mean, the, the, the shots of, of course, of the streets of Dagestan after the fight were just, just totally crazy, you know, of yeah. course, people out and peeling and doing donuts in their cars and circles and, yeah, you know, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see how the Republic kind of um, honors uh, his achievement. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what's the future for someone like Habib, like, we often always view an athlete in light of, you know, the achievements they made in their twenties and their thirties, but like remembering that was just one decade of their life, you know, or one part of their life. So like, I mean, he has the world ahead of him. It'll be real interesting to see what direction, if he goes, if, if he goes into coaching training, maybe, you know, there's been lots of talk locally. They want him to go into politics. (laughs) Maybe we'll go into baseball like Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're going to start the first Dagestani baseball league. Uh, yeah. But, um, man, it really was like, I think it's going to be a moment 
that sports fans remember for a long time, something that totally transcended this sporting event, crossed cultural lines that everybody could relate to or even strive for, you know? Agree with so, that, man. man. Yeah, I was like, I was on a high for a couple of days, man. I have to say, yeah, it was, I was so like, amazing. It was emotional. Yeah, I was yeah. practically in tears watching. I mean, watching it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. That's awesome. <laughs> you and Habib in tears. <laughs> it's him and me, man. Had the connection. Right, well, that was a great summary, Andrew. We're gonna have to find like our next, you know, sports focus after this, after Habib. Well, I mean, interestingly enough, there are so many Caucasus guys who are either on the cusp or on the rise of becoming one of the next stars in the UFC. And we've talked about a lot of them, but that's going to be interesting. And several of them are Habib's cousins. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I saw something. I was reading an article and it was a different Nurmagomedov. You're like, oh, that's a different guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that that's going to be interesting. We'll we'll see kind of who who rises to the the top here. All right. Well, be close with your parents, guys. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Hey, I want to say a big uh thank you to our listeners who filled out our survey from feedback oh, week. Man. We're we're we don't have to come up with content for like another two years. It like, it really refreshed me because like we had, uh, I think so far we had 19 folks fill out the survey and, uh, you know, that might not sound like a lot, but it's a lot. Uh, yeah. Like our, our listeners, you guys like are maybe we're small in number, but we're, what's the phrase? Uh, mighty in art. I <laughs> Mighty That's not in right. survey answers. Yeah, but like, uh, kind of comes to mind like an inch wide our audience, but a mile deep. And like we, there we go. Yeah, like some of the the input you guys gave, feedback, potential ideas for new episodes, new guests, um, really, really kind of stoked the flame. I think for us again. So thank you, thank you so much. Um, so I just Googled it and I have the top six hits all say a different thing at the end of that quote, small number <laughs> mighty in, and it's like energy, faith, spirit, <laughs> influence. So I don't know what the original one is. So it can be whatever we want. Small, uh, small, small but it. mighty. Um, to say, yeah, small, but mighty. There you go. Yeah, I, We want you guys to know that your voices have been heard. Also a huge development, huge for us. Um, is that we are we're branching out into a news like a newsletter, and um, we really have felt that we have to, and we have to build on the momentum that we've got with this podcast, not just kind of coast, not just plateau, you know, um, but to keep moving forward. And so we want to be better in touch. We want to hear from listeners more because this is such. It's more than an interest-based podcast. I mean, this is like people who are personally invested, um, you right. know, and have a connection. Those are most of our listeners, except for, you know, 
wasn't there a French Canadian woman who's like, I'm trapped at home in COVID and I found your podcast. I love it. <laughs> I've never heard of Justine. that. Justine. Yeah, Shout just, out to yeah. Justine. Justine. <clears throat> Bonjour. All right. But, uh, so maybe not everyone has a personal connection. Not required. My point is, we really, like, one of our greatest assets is our listener base. Yeah. Um, to make this podcast even better and to, yeah, hit on the stuff that's important. So, Thank you for doing that. If you haven't done the survey, you can check it out on our website or on our Facebook page. Um, Andrew, maybe you should pin it on the Facebook page for a while so it stays at the top. Or maybe ah, you did. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, I have it. was just a couple episodes ago, feedback week. But um, yeah, it's like 10 questions or something. But just to ask, you know, what uh, some more to get to know some more uh, about your interests, you are listeners in uh, the North Caucasus region. So very that's helpful. great. Yep. Awesome. Um, and we, uh, just to say, we actually, we had several local, we have a good local listener base. Um, and, uh, we had real good feedback from some of you as well. So yeah, really awesome. Oh man. Okay. Um, congratulations to you, uh, you U S listeners. If, uh, your preferred candidate won today. Yes. (laughs) Congratulations. And uh, to the rest of you, our condolences. And, and uh, we'll leave it generic and neutral like that. We'll leave it generic and neutral and say, let's take the example of Gigi and Habib fight fair, respect the other side, and be, be in it to win it together. That's what I want to say about that. That's right. And be, all right. be close to your parents. Be glad, be, and most of all, be close to your parents. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. We will see you when you get here.